For over 45 years, people have relied on Village Green Apothecary to give them individualized nutrition, pharmacy, and healthy living products. Village Green will give you the kind of person-to-person help and attention that mass-market pharmacies have long ago forgotten. You can depend on us for knowledge, experience, product selection, and a smile. Visit Village Green in Bethesda at 5415 West Cedar Lane. Call us at 301-530-0800 or check out our website at myvillagegreen.com. We're here to help you. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Essentials of Healthy Living here on AM 1500, brought to you by the Village Green Apothecary. I am your host for today, Dr. Kevin Passero. Thank you all for tuning in. We're here every Sunday from 10 to 11 a.m., bringing you the latest and greatest related to health and wellness. Today is absolutely no exception. We're going to be talking about a really important topic, an important topic to many people, to many women and their families and their siblings and their parents and their children and their spouses and Everything. We're going to be talking about breast cancer, and we've got a very special guest on the phone with us today who's pretty much dedicated her career to looking at ways to heal breast cancer naturally and to support women in their journey through breast cancer. I'm going to give her introduction, and we're going to start off just by hearing her story and finding out who she is and the work that she's been doing and what women should be considering about how to work with or treat or manage breast cancer once they've had a diagnosis. Dr. Veronique Dizonia, better known as Dr. V, has maintained successful practices in the wellness field since 1979. Because of her passion for health and wellness, Dr. V undertook extensive studies in various fields of energy medicine, specializing in chiropractic, bioenergetics, meridian stress analysis, homeopathy, and digital thermography. Dr. V brings a unique approach to health and wellness. After 30 years in active practice, she decided to retire and devote her time sharing her personal non-toxic healing journey with breast cancer. Her years of experience and research have accumulated in The Seven Essentials, a step-by-step coaching program. Dr. V is a number one best-selling author and has a number one best-selling book on Amazon, Heal Breast Cancer Naturally. Her website and personal healing journey have touched the lives of thousands of women around the globe. So, Dr. V, why don't you start by telling us about, because this is definitely um, an interesting issue to, to talk about. Most women that are getting diagnosed with breast cancer, they're not thinking about how do I heal this naturally? You know, they're getting recommendations for different types of interventions. And, you know, I mean, luckily the work and research that's been done regarding the treatment of breast cancer has jumped forward leaps and bounds. And if it's caught early and managed properly, many women can, um, you know, enjoy a wonderful life without really any risk of it being cut short due to the breast cancer. Of course, there are potential side effects of the chemotherapy and radiation, but they seem to be and surgical procedures, but it seems to be better managed with better outcomes. At least that's what I've noticed in the 12 years of being a clinician, that the more conventional approaches are, are working better and um, you know leaving women with better, much better outcomes and less side effects. But there is another side to the story that I don't know too much about because it's not something that I do in, in my practice, but I'm really interested in hearing what your approach is. So tell us about your journey and why you're so passionate about sharing this message um, to women around the globe about using more natural strategies for the management of breast cancer. Well, thank you so much for having me on your show, Dr. Passero, and uh, I appreciate you sharing my message of hope with your audience. So really, my my passion started at a very young age when I was 16 years old, and I, I just, it was one of those light bulb moments that I knew that I, I wanted to bring wellness to the world, and uh, followed my passion and became a chiropractor and uh, started practicing in 1979, and Everything was rocking and rolling. I was very happy in what I was doing. 
And then in 1983, my father was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. And that really was one of those life-changing events because the doctors basically sent him home with no hope, and they sent him home to die. And he bought into that, and he was dead in six weeks. And during that, that time period and that experience, I, I just there was something in my gut that just wasn't right. You know, I, just, I, I felt like there was something that could have been done. So I started doing some research, you know, 1983, no Internet back then. And so I went to the library, um, started calling these various natural cancer clinics, you know, in different countries. And I came to realize that there was something that could have been done for my father, but unfortunately it was too late for him. Fast forward, um, you know, a few years, I started incorporating all these uh, principles in my practice using homeopathy, naturopathy, herbs, nutrition, lifestyle changes, and really was seeing some amazing changes uh, in people. They were reversing things like MS and lupus and rheumatoid arthritis and cancer and allergies, and it was just amazing to me to see that if they followed, you know, the patterns and the lifestyle changes that I recommended and, and followed their program that they would actually get well. But then in uh, 2004, as I'm getting ready to work, so by this time I'd been in practice about 25 years, um, I'm in the shower and I'm doing a self-breast exam and I felt a lump in my left breast and I knew at that moment it was just one of those gut feelings. I just I knew it wasn't a benign cyst. And so here I was, Dr. V., helping all these people to improve their health, and yet I was faced with the issue of breast cancer. So as I was going through my healing journey, uh, I, I had to ask myself the questions. You know, why could somebody like me or how could somebody like me develop cancer? I breastfed all my children. I had home births. I was under chiropractic care. I exercised. I took supplements. I ate well, did massage, everything. And yet I ended up with breast cancer. And so that led me to my own research, my own soul searching, you know, down the rabbit hole. And, and I came to realize that there were pieces of the puzzle that I had missed. And so if it was easy for me to miss something, how much more so for, you know, the average person who doesn't spend hours and hours in research. So that's when I created what I call the seven essentials, seven basic steps that if you follow, you never have to fear cancer or any disease for that matter. Okay, so that sounds like a really interesting healing journey. And certainly many doctors do their best work when they're faced with health challenges themselves. As we all learn, doctor heal thyself. Some doctors that have specialized in certain types of medicine and helping people in certain ways. It's a direct result of them having gone through those issues themselves. And it sounds like that's exactly where you ended up with this journey of breast cancer yourself. So uh, there are many myths about breast cancer that, you know, keep women worrying and, and wondering. Can you outline some of them? There's issues around, you know, that about hormones and fear around that. There's a lot of news attention around certain genetic mutations like the uh, BRCA gene mutation that women are can be very feel, fearful of. Um, you know, other other drugs, people don't feel like they have any control, uh, that breast cancer can't be cured. So, I mean, why don't you sort of launch into a little bit more detailed conversation specifically around breast cancer and some of the things that you're educating women about? Okay, great. Well, first of all, I, I want to kind of lay the platform to understand what cancer really is. Cancer is just a symptom. It's not the cause. Uh, I often use the analogy of a, uh, a fruit tree or a garden. If you don't feed that gardener or that plant uh, proper sunlight and water and proper nutrition, 
you know, the fruit or the expression of that is, is going to be very poor. Same thing with our bodies. If at the root of our health we're loaded with toxicities and we're not drinking enough water, we're not exercising, we're not out in the sun, we're, you know, eating a bunch of uh, junk food, then the expression is going to be dis-ease in our body. And I often tell women that I work with is, you know, you didn't get sick because you developed cancer. You were already sick, and then you developed the cancer because cancer cannot grow in a healthy body. You know, we know even, you know, from statistics and, and associations like the American Association of Pharmaceutical Scientists, they, they have stated that cancer is a preventable disease and it requires major lifestyle changes, that 90 to 95% of cancers have their roots in environment and lifestyle. So we know that cancer can be prevented in many ways. Now, when it comes to breast cancer specifically, yes, there are many, many myths. Um, the first one that I'd like to talk about is that, you know, your hormones cause cancer. Doctors have unfortunately instilled this fear of women that, you know, their hormones are, are, is, what dri- is what is driving the cancer. But if that were the case, every 20-year-old on the planet would have cancer. So we have to look at what is it that may be driving this excessive estrogen receptor progesterone-positive cancers. And when we look at the environment, pesticides and herbicides are powerful xenoestrogens or chemical estrogens that stimulate that production in the body. Metal fillings, amalgams, mercury. Mercury is classified as a metalloestrogen. Again, it stimulates or mimics estrogen. Aluminum, aluminum from antiperspirants. Aluminum is classified as a metalloestrogen. So plastics in bottled, you know, in bottled water. How many women do we see drinking bottled water? So there are many, many things that are overloading these women with excessive estrogens, chemical estrogens. And then add to that the liver's inability to properly break down and methylate those estrogens and secrete them out of the body. So we do have an overabundance of, of estrogen uh, issues and progesterone issues. However, it's not necessarily from what they're producing in their body. It's what they're exposed to. So the key is not to necessarily stop estrogen production because we need our hormones. We need our hormones for, for brain health, for bone health, for mental health, heart health. And when we don't have proper hormone balance in our body, then that can cascade into a lot of other issues. Yeah, that is a interesting point. You know, there's going to be obviously some some debate and concern around that topic. We know that environmental exposures have very strong estrogenic effects. And when we look around at rates of breast cancer, um, especially, you know, when we look at through the 90s and the 2000s and even in the 80s, you see this exponential rise and you have to start asking the questions, where is all of the specific hormone-related cancer coming from? You also see a lot of prostate cancers. And so we see these two areas of both male and female bodies that are very hormone sensitive. And we see this very large spike in the amount of abnormal cell growth that's occurring in those areas. And we start looking into the environment and seeing the introduction of so many different types of chemicals that exert some type of hormonal effect. It definitely brings up the questions as to whether or not these things are specifically implicated in the development and progression of breast cancer. I think some of the most interesting studies, I think it was done at um, 
wasn't uh, I think it was at Cornell University when they first started realizing that plastics can stimulate breast cancer cells. They were studying breast cancer cell lines and spinning them in the centrifuge tubes, and they were finding that without adding any hormones, that they were adding hormones to some of the samples and none to the other. But the samples that they weren't adding hormones to, this cancer cells, breast cancer cells, were dividing as rapidly as the ones that they were adding hormones to. And they realized that it was the plastic, residues from the plastic of the centrifuge tubes that were exerting these estrogenic effects on the breast cancer cells. Amazing. So we know that, you know, breast tissue is obviously going to have a lot of hormone receptors. It's a um, part of the female body, that development and maintenance. It's part of the reproductive system, so it's going to be very hormone sensitive. I think the question we run into is, you know, once you've developed a abnormal cellular growth pattern in the breast tissue, certainly you can work to start to avoid the environmental toxins, but what do you do about the hormones your body is producing? And that's where the debate comes in, where the more conventional model oftentimes implements therapies that reduce your hormonal output. And, um, you know, Dr. V, I'm not quite sure, you know, what your philosophy is, but it sounds like you're advocating for supporting or, you know, leaving female hormone, the naturally occurring ones in the body intact, even in the face of, um, you know, some of those issues that, that are occurring. Well, there, there's a lot of things that you can do to help support um, those, those normal hormone patterns. Uh, for example, you know, one thing that I hear often from oncologists or, or other doctors is they tell their patients not to um, eat foods that have estrogens in them, you know, plant estrogen foods. Right. Um, I mean, these foods have been around since the beginning of man, so I don't see food as, as an issue because many of those plant estrogens, such as uh, flaxseed, for example, they actually support the body, and there's a, you know, there's a lot of studies on that that shows that it, it actually decreases the, the breast cancer cell multiplication. Yep. It, it causes apoptosis. It, it helps to protect those estrogen receptor sites from the more aggressive estrogens. Um, there was a study done at the University of Toronto a few years ago where um, these women were getting ready to have surgery. So for 30 days, they fed them uh, muffins with five teaspoons of ground flax seeds. Well, after 30 days, the, it reduced the markers from 30 to 71%. Mm-hmm. And increase the, the cancer cell death by 31 percent. So that you know something as simple as flax seeds, um, you know, showing a very protective effect. Yeah. Um, well, it, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, we're gonna no. have to, we're gonna have to take a quick break. But okay. um, you know, I think that's a, a good point. We we look at we understand the mechanism that hormones can stimulate the receptors on these breast cancer cells and drive cell division and drive reproduction and growth, which is something we don't want. And then there's a blanket statement that, oh my gosh, anything that has anything related to hormones should be avoided. When you actually start looking at the data in the studies, you see that, you know, soy in certain levels can be preventative or useful. Same with flax. And that's sort of what you're alluding to. The same thing goes true when you, you know, with the previous model that we used to look at in oncology where they would say, don't take anything related to vitamins or supplements or anything because any anything that could possibly act as an antioxidant is going to inhibit the efficacy of the chemotherapy because many chemotherapeutic agents work by inducing oxidative stress at the cellular level, which ends up killing the cancer cells. Well, when you start actually looking at the research, while some antioxidants are not conducive to use, other things that have some antioxidant type activity 
actually enhance the outcomes when chemotherapy is given at the same time. So it's it's a big jump, and I think oncologists in the traditional medical model do it out of an abundance of caution, but not understanding necessarily the nuances of how some of these things actually work and interact. And that's what we're seeing play out in the research. And it is quite exciting. So when we come back from the break, we're going to pick up this conversation with Dr. V, learn more about some specific nutrients and supplements that women should be aware of if they want to support their breast health and many other aspects of how to detect breast cancer at very early stages and really some interesting cutting edge ways of understanding how to more holistically support your body through this process. This is Dr. Kevin Passero with the Essentials of Healthy Living, and we're going to be back right after these words. Mega Food Premium Whole Food Supplements are the only supplements crafted from scratch with farm-fresh whole foods to deliver nourishment the way nature intended. Mega Food believes Mother Nature knows best. They select only fresh whole food, harvested at the peak of ripeness, handle it gently and with care to deliver its vital essence to you in every bottle. Mega Food, from farm to tablet, Our name is our promise. For more information, visit us online at megafood.com. Zymogen is pleased to announce the arrival of Fit Food, a delicious, high-quality, functional food that's formulated to support weight management, healthy body composition, glycemic management, cardiovascular and immune health, and more. Each delicious serving of Fit Food contains 21 grams of pure New Zealand-sourced bioactive whey protein, 6 grams of fiber-immune-supporting oat beta-glucan, and additional glutamine, glycine, taurine, and MC. Fit Food provides holistic support for today's active body. Learn more at Zymogen.com. Available now through your healthcare professional and Village Green Apothecary. All over the world, people are beginning to discover fish oil is one of the best secrets for unlocking great health. Thousands of studies have shown the amazing effects of these powerful omega-3s for heart health. Plus, fish oils have even been shown to balance moods and lessen anxiety. With exceptional taste, unrivaled freshness, and unsurpassed purity, Nordic Naturals is the easy way to get your omega-3s every day. To learn more, visit Village Green Apothecary or visit NordicNaturals.com. Nordic Naturals, committed to the planet committed to pure and great tasting omega oils. The brain requires nutrition just like the rest of the body. And this is where Gero Formula's Neuro Optimizer comes to the rescue. Neuro Optimizer is a concentrated source of nutrients needed for memory, mood, concentration, and focus. Neuro Optimizer supplies the building blocks for neurotransmitters, the chemicals that allow cells in the brain to communicate and to file away memories. Neuro Optimizer is the nutritional answer to the brain's needs. To learn more about formulas, visit Gero.com. Gero Formulas, available at Village Green Apothecary. If you have arthritis, everyday tasks can become a challenge. That's why more and more doctors are recommending Arthrobin, an all-natural medical food for the dietary management of osteoarthritis. It contains a combination of bioflavonoids, which work to reduce inflammation and joint deterioration, along with collagen peptides, which increase joint mobility, function, and repair. Arthrobin is not a drug and is virtually free of negative side effects. Look for Arthrobin by Designs for Health Today, available at Village Green Apothecary and online at myvillagegreen.com. Welcome back, everybody, to the Essentials of Healthy Living here on AM 1500, brought to you by the Village Green Apothecary. I'm your host for today, Dr. Kevin Passero. Thank you all for tuning in. We're here every Sunday from 10 to 11 a.m., bringing you the latest and greatest related to health and wellness. Don't forget to tune in next week. My wonderful co-host, Dana Lake, will be returning. She'll have a great show lined up for you today. We're talking with Dr. Veronique Dizonia, and we are discussing, or better known as Dr. V. You can learn more about her and her work at uh, by visiting her website, which is www.breastcancerconqueror.com. She is has a personal journey 
of working with breast cancer, having been diagnosed herself, um, and has many resources on her website and books and other things for women that are looking to support their health more naturally, specifically women that are dealing with breast cancer. So Dr. V, thank you for taking the time to be with us on the show today. Um, I wanted to, to bring up one issue, and I'm sorry we didn't talk about this on the break, but we talked about, um, you know, your philosophy of basically looking at, you know, what is going on in the body that may create an environment for breast cancer to grow, um, this idea that we may have been, you know, we think we're sick once we get diagnosed with breast cancer, but, you know, this idea that something was out of line before, do you have any insights or are you comfortable sharing relating to your case? As you talked about, you ate healthy, you did massage, you exercised, you did chiropractic, you did all the things that we would normally proactively do or, or ask someone to do for prevention, yet there was still, um, you know, you were still presented with a situation where there was abnormal cellular growth in your breast tissue. Did you, looking at your own case and your own insights, have anything that you think is worthwhile to share with the audience as somebody who was sort of doing all those things? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> there were several things that I missed. Um, the first one would be in the dental area. You know, essential number five has to do with embracing biological dentistry and looking at how your teeth actually have an impact on your health. And I had something called a cavitation. A cavitation is basically what happens when there's a tooth that's been extracted and it, the socket wasn't cleaned out properly, so there's still ligaments and tissue that's left in the socket. And when that heals over, it actually creates a very toxic um, focal site. Almost, It's not an abscess, but it's something very similar to that, and it eats away at the bone. And the anaerobic bacteria give off very deadly toxic um, uh, toxins. And, and so in my case, specifically, there was a cavitation on the left side on the tooth that relates specifically to the breast. Now, if you look at an acupuncture meridian chart, you'll see that your teeth are directly related to your organs. So for women, the breast tissue are, are on the top fourth and fifth teeth, starting from the center and at the bottom the same. And so I had a direct uh, weakness on that acupuncture meridian. Uh, there was also the iodine deficiency connection. We know that for example, women that are on thyroid medication are twice as likely to develop breast cancer. Well, why is that? Because they are most likely iodine deficient, which is why their thyroid is so sluggish. And so in my case, I had a very uh, sluggish thyroid, and we know that the breast tissue and the thyroid compete for iodine, and so if you're deficient, one's going to win over the other. Um, there was the emotional component. Essential number four is to heal your emotional wounds, and I was a really good stuffer, you know, superwoman, super mom, super doc, do it all, but I never took the time to really heal some of the issues that I had uh, from my past, um, you know, sex abuse and all that as a child and, you know, just a lot of other things and really had to look at that emotional component in order to learn to love myself and manage my stress and, and you know, just be more comfortable in my skin. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, electro... Yeah, sorry. Uh, I was going to say, I think, um, you know, we talk about so many aspects of the physical body and looking at getting the physical health in shape, but I just see so often such strong physical manifestation of emotional wounds that people carry. And, um, you know, it's, it's, I'm not saying that it's easy to heal those. I'm not saying that it's even sometimes possible to completely 
heal those wounds, I think they run much deeper than almost any physical wound can actually uh, scar somebody, um, you know, especially when you're talking about really intense emotional trauma from sexual abuse and other types of abuse. I think those are the most difficult wounds to heal, but it is important to understand their role and to try and do the best you can to look at those and move past them and to not ignore those types of uh, aspects of your health and only focus on the on the physical side, because um, it does seem to create a lot of physical manifestations, um, particularly for women where there's been any type of sexual abuse around the female reproductive system. And I've just something that I've, I've observed in my clinical practice. Oh, absolutely. It's, you know, just like it was for me, for women, or the women that I work with, it's real easy for them to work on the physical aspects. Yeah. You know, they want to shrink the tumor, they're going to take their pills, they'll do their coffee enemas, you know, all these things. But when we look at, you know, the, the science of psychoneuroimmunology, we know that our limbic system is directly connected to our hypothalamus or pituitary glands, which is going to affect our immune system and our digestion and our endocrine system. And so um, there's, a, there's a direct connection there with our thoughts, our feelings, and how it manifests in the body. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, there is a couple other myths that we didn't necessarily get to. And thank you for sharing those aspects of your personal story, I thought it, it was important because as you ran through all of the things that people need to do to, you know, stay healthy, they were all sort of some of the things that, that you were doing. And it sounds like you outline a lot more detail in your sort of seven essentials, which is a, a guide people can find on your website. Is that correct? Yes, they can. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, that sort of goes through and, and highlights some of the biggest connections. Maybe we can talk about some of those essentials later on in the show in more detail. But, um, you know, we talked about hormones as, you know, a, a contributing factor. And so there's, you know, that that popular topic related to these gene variations. So the, the BRCA gene, the BRCA gene, I guess, you know, I mean, I've been talking about it with patients forever and it's been in the news that I've known about forever. But I guess with the, um, you know, recent publicity around Angelina Jolie's high profile and decision to have uh, preventative bilateral mastectomies and hysterectomy or oophorectomy, basically ovaries and breasts removed because she had the gene in fear of breast and ovarian cancer. It brought a lot of controversy and it really brought the topic to the forefront. And you had people on some side saying, you know, she did the right thing and, you know, and other people saying she's crazy. And um, it just started bringing it regardless of, you know, what people's opinions are. It, it brought the conversation to the forefront. So it sounds like you have some some thoughts on on people that are, you know, s- concerned about having that gene variant or what it means. So why don't you share with us what you think? Well, the first thing is that you, you shouldn't panic <laughs> because less than 2% of women who have that strong family history of breast cancer actually have that BRCA gene mutation. And what most people don't realize is the BRCA gene is actually a good gene. It's a tumor suppressor gene that repairs DNA damage. But what happens if your breasts are exposed to a lot of excessive radiation or environmental toxins? Do you think that that may possibly have an effect on the, you know, the BRCA gene actually mutating? We've been taught for so many years that we inherit breast cancer and that we have no control over our genes, but we now know that our DNA is not our destiny. The study in the sciences of epigenetics and nutrigenomics. Epigenetics is basically the study of the, the mechanisms that switch genes off and on. Nutrigenomics shows us the science of how food affects those genes. 
And so there's literal switches on our genes that can be turned off and on with food, with chemicals, stress, sleep, lack of sleep. All those things can be, can be changed. Um, a landmark study that Dr. Dean Ornish did, uh, he put people on a high-glycemic diet for 12 weeks and found an increase of 62 disease-causing genes. On the flip side, he did the same thing with other people on a low-sugar, low-glycemic diet, and there was a decrease in 71 disease-causing genes. So we know that we can have a large effect, a large measure of control on our health, even if there is a so-called mutation or, or um, a weakness in our genetic makeup. Hmm. Well, that's an interesting point. I know we there's definitely a lot around epigenetics and the expression of our genes, and you can see different aspects of our genetic expression get turned off and turned on through various factors, looking at stress. I mean, we've looked done very exciting research on vitamin D and its ability to turn on and turn off different types of, of genes. I'm not quite sure that how that applies to the um, the BRCA gene. From what I understand, I mean, some genes you are born with that do have a inborn mutation, and those will not change or aren't not ne- not necessarily affected either way. I, I think at the end of the day, what people should understand about it, or my philosophy on it, is you shouldn't be influenced necessarily by what other people tell you or what the media is telling you. If you have one of these gene variations, it's your body and your right to do with it what you please. So if you're more comfortable doing preventative steps that some people see as radical, that's your right. It's your body. It's your choice. And you shouldn't be judged for it and vice versa. If you're being told that you have this genetic variant and you need to do what you think might be drastic measures as a preventative step, and that's something you're not comfortable with, it's still sort of your right. And that's where where I weigh in on it. Um, I know that there is some significant increased risk that seems to be very real in the literature if women have certain mutations of this gene. And I think understanding what those risks are, educating yourself about what those risks are, and making a decision that you are comfortable with is really the most important step when it comes to um, you know, making a decision about your body and what you would like to do. And that's, that's so true, and that's so important for, for women to know, is to make the decision based on what they feel is best for them. And, and so you're, you're clear, too, and your audience is clear. I'm not against traditional medicine, and I certainly see there is a place for chemotherapy, radiation, and surgery in the critical stage. And so it's a matter of finding balance and mm-hmm. doing what's going to make the body heal in the end. You know, it's your life. You want to do whatever it takes to, to stay well. Yeah, and that's, I mean, that's the biggest gap that I, that I see in working with people that are dealing with oncology issues and oftentimes breast cancer issues. There's a huge amount of support and attention paid to the traditional interventions. We need to get you in and do surgery and we need to you know, do uh, chemotherapy or we need to do radiation and maybe you just need surgery and radiation but not chemotherapy and then we need to do these drugs for however many years afterwards. And there's absolutely no attention and no input invested in 
all of these issues that we're talking about. How is your lifestyle affecting your immune system and your risk? How is the food that you're eating affecting your ability to recover? What are the other nutrients that we can use that can minimize the side effects of the treatments that you're getting while still enhancing their effectiveness and giving you better outcomes? And when we were looking at this, these, talking about these conversations, even as little as 10 to 15 years ago, there wasn't a whole lot of data about how these more natural therapies can augment and improve outcomes when combined with the traditional therapies. But now looking at breast cancer and where we are now in 2016, there is volumes of human clinical trials, in vivo, in vitro studies showing that incorporating these therapies with conventional care can significantly improve outcomes from many different aspects, not only keeping people cancer-free and reducing risk of recurrence, but also helping people get through their treatments regardless of which way they choose. So if they choose to do it all naturally, that's one thing, but as most people do choose to have some degree of conventional care incorporated into their cancer treatments, the degree of improved quality of life that occurs when you incorporate these therapies is phenomenally high. And some of the the most significant things that people experience, like peripheral neuropathy that can occur from a result of using certain types of chemotherapy and certain types of breast cancer, we now have natural therapies that can significantly reduce the risk of suffering from these peripheral neuropathies, which is huge because many of these are permanent. So if you can avoid getting it in the first place, you can have significantly better outcomes in the end. So this idea of integrative oncology, in 20 years, it'll be the standard of care. And you're already starting to see it in in places. I've seen a huge trend of traditional oncologists being far more willing to incorporate integrative therapies into their recommendations simply because the outcomes are so much better. And the research is proving that not only is it safe, but it actually enhances the effect of the traditional care. Dr. V, I'm sorry I took over there for a moment. We've got okay. we've got some really, really important issues that I still need you to talk about. And uh, I'd like to do that when we come back from the break. We're going to talk about some specific nutrients that people should be considering. You have to talk about thermography. And I want you to talk about ways that women can look at other mechanisms for early detection because that is so incredibly important. And I think you have a lot of expertise in that area. So we've got a lot more to cover. Some really important topics. Don't go anywhere. We're going to be back right after these words. Solgar number seven can help you feel the difference. Solgar number seven actually shows improvement in joint comfort within seven days. Now you can start to get back on track fast and pursue the activities you love. Solgar number seven is a breakthrough in joint care with no glucosamine and no chondroitin. The advanced bioactives in Solgar number seven help to increase flexibility, mobility, and range of motion within seven days. One capsule once a day is all you need. When stiff joints occasionally say no, Solgar number seven says yes. Solgar number seven. Available at Village Green Apothecary. New from Garden of Life, Kind Organics Whole Food Multivitamins. They are the only USDA certified organic, non-GMO verified whole food multivitamins available. They're gluten-free, certified vegan, and feature a patent-pending clean tablet technology. Kind Organics is super clean, untreated, unadulterated, and real whole food. Kind Organics Multivitamins from Garden of Life. Be kind to your body and the earth. Kind Organics, now available at Village Green Apothecary 
and online at myvillagegreen.com. Do you have unique needs that a mass market pharmacy can't handle? Village Green Apothecary can help. Maybe your doctor prescribed a special compounded formula for you, or you have concerns about allergies or dietary supplements. We invite you to talk with one of our compounding specialists today. Our team includes pharmacists, nutritionists, clinical herbalists, and naturopaths offering customized products and personalized healthy living plans to ensure your well-being. Visit Village Green in Bethesda at 5415 West Cedar Lane. Call us at 301-530-0800 or check out our website at myvillagegreen.com. Staying mentally sharp means nourishing the mind as well as the body. That's why there's new Cognisure from Metagenics. Research shows that the active natural ingredient in Cognisure supports multiple mechanisms necessary for maintaining healthy cognition and a healthy brain as it ages. Cognisure is also easy to take in delicious, chewable chocolate tablets. Have a clear and bright future by maintaining mental capacity with healthy habits and Cognisure. Remember Cognisure for healthy brain aging support. Available through your healthcare professional and Village Green Apothecary. Have you ever wondered why the cold and flu season occurs in the fall and winter months? One theory is because of a decrease in sun exposure, our bodies don't make enough vitamin D, which is essential to proper immune function. That's why medical experts recommend supplementing with vitamin D. Thorne Research's vitamin D products are made from pure vitamin D with no preservatives or unnecessary ingredients added. Support your immune system with Thorne's vitamin D1000 and D5000. These and other immune-supporting formulas are always available at Village Green. Welcome back, everybody, to the Essentials of Healthy Living here on AM1500, brought to you by The Village Green. I'm your host, Dr. Kevin Passero. Thank you all for tuning in. We're here every Sunday from 10 to 11 a.m. My wonderful co-host, Dana Lake, will be returning next week. Today, we are talking with Dr. Veronique Dizonia, or better known as Dr. V. She has a uh, personal story. She was diagnosed with a breast cancer and went through her own healing journey and now has devoted her work towards helping other women going through breast cancer work to heal their breast cancer naturally. And I'm think her position and you know she can clarify is that some women may need traditional therapy some women may not but at the end of the day whether you're deciding to use whatever therapy you're deciding to use if you're not looking at aspects of lifestyle diet nutrition nutrients supplements vitamins herbs um, spiritual psychosocial a, a whole entire body approach you are selling yourself short in the potential outcomes you can have when it comes to manifesting optimal health and particularly when it comes to healing from your breast cancer. You can learn more about Dr. V and her work by visiting her website, which is www.breastcancerconqueror.com. So Dr. V, thank you for taking the time to be on the show with us today. Thanks so much for having me. Now, one thing, you know, you, you were mentioning, uh, Dr. Pereso, about, um, Pacero, I'm sorry. It's okay. Um, about the integrative approach. And if there's one thing that uh, doctors could do to really help their patients is to make sure that they avoid sugar at all costs um, because sugar has an amazing influence on cancer cells. Uh, Dr. Otto Warburg did research over 100 years ago, and he recognized that the prime cause of cancer was fermentation of sugar. Cancer cells don't breathe oxygen like our healthy cells. They use sugar as a means of uh, energy and metabolism in their cells. And we know that cancer cells get fed first when it comes to sugar. Well, how do we know that? Well, a traditional PET scan where you get injected with radioactive glucose and then you um, sit for 30 minutes and they run you through a scan 
And what lights up first are those cancer cells because the cancer cells have more insulin receptor sites than a healthy cell. And so avoiding, can- uh, avoiding sugar uh, at all cost is so important if you want to prevent or, or heal cancer because we know that insulin and insulin growth hormones are powerful messengers for cellular growth. And we know that sugar depresses your immune system and studies have shown us that high-carb diets increase your risk of breast cancer. And cancer loves acidic food. So, you know, when you look at your choices with food, you ask yourself, you, you know, am I feeding my body or am I feeding the cancer? So just a simple little thing that you can do, but a very, very important one. Yeah, there is an overwhelming amount of interesting research that looks at how cancer cells respond and how they metabolize and their, their needs for fuel. And definitely significantly reducing sugar intake improve so many outcomes of health in general. We're looking at, you know, now we see studies that having lower hemoglobin A1C value. So these are your three-month average of what your blood sugar is doing and is hugely influenced by what your diet looks like. People who have lower hemoglobin A1Cs have lower risk of dementia and Alzheimer's disease. They have lower risk of heart disease. They certainly have lower risk of developing diabetes. So we look at some of the biggest issues that are plaguing our health in our nation and looking at diets that have better glycemic control, lower sugar intake, improve and reduce risk of all of them. And cancer is included for those exact mechanisms. Um, so that's a, it's a huge issue having a good, healthy, low glycemic diet, which means you're cutting out all of the things that everybody knows to cut out all the junk food, all the white flowers, all the processed food. What are you focusing on then? You're focusing on good quality protein. You're focusing on good quality fats, mainly from veg, uh, vegetarian sources. You're focusing on lots of vegetables. You're, you know, doing fruits, but in moderation because they're high in sugar too. And what does that equal? It equals a diet that is low in sugar, keeps your insulin levels balanced and is incredibly high in antioxidants and naturally occurring phytonutrients. So, you know, it's a great point. Let's talk about some specific nutrients or some other ideas that um, you think, you know, some really great pearls or pieces of information that everybody dealing with this issue should understand or think about. Well, a simple thing that everyone can do is to make sure that their vitamin D are at optimal levels. For a therapeutic range, you're looking at between 80 to 100 NG per ml. There was a uh, 25-year Canadian study that came out a few years ago, and they showed that uh, your um, increased levels of vitamin D could decrease your breast cancer risk by 73%. I mean, just vitamin D. Um, making sure that your iodine levels are, are correct. You do that by doing a 24-hour urine loading test to see how much iodine you're actually secreting. Um, supporting your, your diet and your liver with lots of cruciferous vegetables, supplements like uh, DIM and, and D3-carbinol, which you know, support that methylation pathway and that liver pathway. Uh, something as simple as, as broccoli sprouts. You know, there's a phytonutrient in broccoli sprouts called sulforaphane, which has been shown to cause the death of cancer cells and to protect the estrogen receptor sites and turns off the cancer-causing genes. Um, spirulina, garlic, you know, just, just there's so many things out there that you can do, but just making sure that your diet is, is very well balanced, lots of greens, lots of cruciferous vegetables, uh, healthy oils that are non-inflammatory like raw olive oil and fish oils and flaxseed oil, 
curcumin. I mean, there's hundreds of studies on curcumin and, and how it, you know, it, it turns off cancer-causing genes and, and has a very protective and healing effect on the body. So there's a lot of simple things that somebody can do to improve their health. Yeah, there, there. That was a, a lot of them. <laughs> Definitely a, a long, a long list, and a lot of them are important. Certainly, vitamin D is a big one. There's really interesting research that seems to come about that I've seen where, you know, we look at certain types of cancer and at diagnosis, people with higher vitamin D levels when they're diagnosed with cancer have significantly improved survival rates than when people are diagnosed and they have very low levels of vitamin D. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's almost like people who have higher levels of vitamin D still might get cancer, but the people who have been taking it seem to have much better outcomes. Another really interesting piece that we're not quite understanding about, you know, vitamin D and its important role, not only in prevention, but actually in recovery from these very significant conditions. Turmeric, as you briefly mentioned, has got to be the most widely studied herb ever. So it's definitely the most widely studied herb, but certainly when it comes to cancer and chemo prevention, uh, turmeric has the most volum- uh, the most extensive amount of research showing that it has the ability to turn off certain types of genes that can promote cancers, that it seems to promote cancer cell death naturally. And the reality is, you know, and you know this, Dr. V, we all we all get cancer a few times in our life, whether it's what kills us or not. Um, we have these mechanisms in our body, our immune system primarily, and all of these different types of genes that turn off cancer-promoting uh, mechanisms and turn on cancer-promoting mechanisms. And if everything's working properly, we hope that you know if we do get a small abnormal cellular growth, that our body's able to shut it down and, and move on. And these types of things that we're discussing, having optimal balance levels of omega-3 fatty acids that promote inflammatory balance in the body. So those are your fish oil type supplements or looking at a diet that contains a lot of naturally occurring omega-3s. These are things that promote the mechanisms in our body that help to prevent the development of cancer in the first place. Um, so I would say, if, you know, if we could summarize, which you, you can't really, but when you look at, at breast cancer, I would say, look at some very specific nutrients. Look definitely at those things from broccoli that you talked about. The methane is a very specific type of extract from cruciferous vegetables that helps your body to metabolize estrogens in a more favorable way. And there's tests, simple urine tests that are relatively inexpensive, under $100 that you can do to look at the metabolites that your liver tends to produce when it, when it metabolizes estrogen. And what we've learned is that some of these estrogen metabolites are more influential in the promotion of breast cancer than estrogen itself, far more. Absolutely. And taking something like methane, an inexpensive, naturally occurring nutritional supplement, can significantly shift the way that your body metabolizes estrogen, promoting the byproduct that is much less likely to contribute to breast cancer. There is significant research around this issue. And then we talk about curcumin or turmeric. That's one that is a must for people that are looking to look for prevention and to supporting their body. Omega-3 fatty acids and vitamin D. If you took those four things and, and poured your heart into researching them and understanding them and using them as part of your prevention strategy for breast cancer, you'd be doing yourself a huge favor and resting on a large body of research when it comes to potential cancer prevention. So any other specific foods or nutrients that you'd like to talk about, Dr. V? Uh, though I think you covered them pretty well. Um, let's see. Okay. Are they covered? Are some of them covered in your uh, seven essentials guide? 
Yes, for okay. sure. Yeah, for so sure. if people want more information, they can again visit your website at www.breastcancerconqueror.com and look at that seven essential step-by-step coaching program where we can get in, you can get in a little bit more detail about some of the specific nutrients that you might want to look at when it comes to cancer prevention. We're going to take a quick break here and keep this segment a little short because in the next segment, we've got to talk about some early detection strategies and something that a lot of people don't know about, which is thermography. And something I've talked, you know, sort of alluded to a few times in the show, but Dr. V, I'd love for you to launch into this topic a little bit more. So when we come back from the break, we're going to be covering that topic and uh, wrapping up the show. Don't go anywhere. This is Dr. Kevin Passero with the Essentials of Healthy Living, and we'll be back right after these words. Mega Food Premium Whole Food Supplements are the only supplements crafted from scratch with farm fresh whole foods to deliver nourishment the way nature intended. Mega Food believes Mother Nature knows best. They select only fresh whole food, harvested at the peak of ripeness, handle it gently and with care to deliver its vital essence to you in every bottle. Mega Food, from farm to tablet, our name is our promise. For more information, visit us online at megafood.com. Bridging the gap between nutraceuticals and pharmaceuticals. That's the concept behind Zymogen's new exclusive and patented line of formulations, which utilize sophisticated delivery technologies to focus on specific molecular targets. The Zymogen EP line features Immunitix 3.6, a potent ingredient that has demonstrated a measurable ability to prime and enhance immune cell function. Applications include immune system support and support for white blood cell recovery following radiation therapy and other bone marrow affecting treatments. Now available at Village Green Apothecary and online at myvillagegreen.com. For over 10 years, Nordic Naturals has been the world leader in crafting omega-3 fish oils that are great for the body and for the planet. They work one-on-one with researchers and select fishermen to harvest only those fish species that are flourishing. With Nordic Naturals, you get all the benefits of omega-3, a strong heart, clear eyes, and flexible joints, plus the reassurance that their products are environmentally friendly. To learn more, visit Village Green Apothecary or visit NordicNaturals.com. Nordic Naturals. Committed to the planet. Committed to pure and great-tasting omega oils. Did you get enough lutein today to support eye health? Most Americans consume only 2 milligrams per day, yet populations with good eye health often consume 6 to 20 milligrams to protect the macula of the eye against oxidative stress and aging. Vision Optimizer from Gero Formulas supplies lutein, zeaxanthin, and 13 other vitamins, phytonutrients, and herbs that support eye health and function, reduce eye fatigue, and promote eye comfort. For more information, visit Gero.com. Gero Formulas, available at Village Green Apothecary. If you have arthritis, everyday tasks can become a challenge. That's why more and more doctors are recommending Arthrobin, an all-natural medical food for the dietary management of osteoarthritis. It contains a combination of bioflavonoids, which work to reduce inflammation and joint deterioration, along with collagen peptides, which increase joint mobility, function, and repair. Arthrobin is not a drug and is virtually free of negative side effects. Look for Arthrobin by Designs for Health Today, available at Village Green Apothecary and online at myvillagegreen.com. Welcome back, everybody, to the Essentials of Healthy Living here on AM 1500, brought to you by the Village Green Apothecary. I am your host for today, Dr. Kevin Passero. 
Thank you all for tuning in. We've been having an interesting discussion, uh, I think a very informative discussion with Dr. Veronique Bizonia. She is a uh, doctor who has specialized in working with women with breast cancer after going through her own healing journey after being diagnosed with breast cancer and has coached, you said, women from 19 countries around the world, worked with millions of women or at least had millions of visitors to her website and has worked with many people in helping them figure out strategies to support their body naturally. You can learn more about her, her work, and her practice by visiting www.breastcancerconqueror.com. She has the seven essential step-by-step coaching program. And again, it will include in more detail a lot of the information that we've talked about. And I hope I've pressed into you guys more than anything else that if you're dealing with a diagnosis of breast cancer, regardless of how you decide to move forward with treatment, and I'm not advocating any specific way of moving forward with treatment. I'm not advocating doing all natural over traditional therapies or traditional therapies over all natural therapies. I'm advocating that you look at all sides of treatment options and incorporate the best for your situation. If that includes some aspects of conventional care and looking at aspects of natural care, then that is what you should do. Most people miss out on the opportunity to investigate and look at how to support their bodies naturally when going through their healing journey of dealing with cancer. I find the best outcomes usually occur when people strategically incorporate the best of the conventional world with the best of the natural world. You get very, very good outcomes. Um, So, you know, Dr. V's guide will go through some of those and help orient you to understand what are the things you should be looking at when it comes to supporting your body naturally, either if you're trying to prevent a breast cancer, or you actually are diagnosed with one and are going through the process of treatment, or let's say you're learning about this after you've already been through conventional care, but you're still concerned about what can I do to prevent the return of my breast cancer, because I know that is something that many women who have had breast cancer continually worry about. And when you're done with conventional care, when the PET scan or the follow-up scans are normal, the surgery's done, the chemo's done, everything's done, the doctor says you're done. And there's no more recommendations, there's no more support, there's no more contact, there's no more information about, well, what can I do now to support my body, be optimally healthy, and try and prevent this from coming back? And the same principles that Dr. V outlines in her Seven Essentials Guide for Treatment or Prevention are the same exact principles that you would use even post-treatment. So it is never too late to educate yourself about these issues or never too early. So talking about early, Dr. V, talk to me a little bit about thermography and its use or incorporation as a tool for detection. Thermography is a great tool to use. Uh, Women love it because it's pain-free, it's non-invasive, it doesn't give off any radiation. Um, And so it can be used as a tool to monitor the physiology of the breast. So what does that mean? It means that it's not going to diagnose cancer, but it can show you if there's inflammation or inflammatory patterns that are happening. Mammograms have not decreased breast cancer mortality rate, and that's according to a 25-year study that was published in the British Medical Journal. Mammograms are just as effective as a self-breast exam when it comes to diagnosing. Thermography has had a 97% track record of positive findings when it comes to um, seeing inflammation or inflammatory patterns in the breast. So what happens when a tumor begins to develop, even if it's the size of a pinhead, it's going to create its own blood flow. 
when you have more blood to an area, it's going to feel hotter. The camera, the thermography, is, is designed to read the infrared heat that's coming off of the body. So it can show us patterns that are inflammatory and hot, which gives us suspicion that there may be something going on. Uh, on a mammogram, for example, according to the American Cancer Society, it'll take five to eight years for them to find a tumor on a mammogram, whereas thermography can detect something you know, at a stage when it's only the size of a pinhead, years and years before it can be seen on a thermogram. So is it 100% proof? No, absolutely not. Nothing is 100% correct. But it's a great adjunctive tool to have in your in your pocket to monitor your breast health. Yeah, it certainly is. And, you know, I recommend women do it on a regular basis. You can see patterns, you can see trends, you can see things occurring in the physiology of the breast, just like you talked about before things are manifesting as an actual problem. And the beauty of it is, is that there's incredible interventions. I, I'm, I'm sure. And I mean, I'm, I haven't admittedly read your seven essential step-by-step coaching program in detail, but I understand the concepts around these issues in such great depth from the work that I've done and study that I've done. But, you know, if you have a thermographic study that shows areas of concern using the same principles that are outlined for prevention and treatment and recovery and all of those things, methane, reducing the amount of estrogens that are coming from uh, pesticides and plastics in your diet, supporting the right balance of nutrients like iodine and vitamin D, balancing your hormonal metabolites by using things like, uh, like I said, methane, using turmeric, anti-inflammatories, doing breast massage, all of these things are the same exact things that are going to, on a follow-up study, you're going to see improvements on a thermogram, correct? Absolutely. You can see before and afters, and I have, I have many of those slides that I show in presentations that mm-hmm. can, you can see the difference before and after. You know, and I, I just want to real briefly mention that, you know, you said how, you know, once the, you know, the surgery's been done and they don't see anything on the scans and, you know, they tell them, you know, you're done, you're quote-unquote cancer-free. Well, this is where I feel there's really a huge gap between, um, you know, traditional medicine and, and natural medicine because really what you have to look at is what is circulating in the body. You know, how many circulating tumor cells do you still have that may implant and create another cancer five years later? So it's, it's a good way to monitor through blood work. There are specific tests, like one of them is called the Oncoblot test. It measures ENOX2 protein, which only cancer cells give off. Healthy cells don't, don't give that off. So they can detect 27 different types of cancer and tell you where it is just from a single blood test. So that's a great tool to have just to monitor to make sure you really are Mm -hmm. Um, cancer-free. There's a company in a lab in Greece that does a lot of cancer research, and they also measure circulating tumor cells. And again, that's a good way to monitor to see if you really are cancer-free, because just because the tumor has been cut out and you've done a few treatments does not mean that there's no more cancer cells in the body. Right. And there's other ways, again, from the natural pharmacy to support natural killer cell activity, the cells that are responsible for looking for these aberrant cancer cells. And there, as you talked about, are tests to monitor and to look at other tools that are very sophisticated, that are backed by research that can support your body in this process. So Dr. V, thank you so much. We are out of time. For people who want to learn more, please visit her website, www.breastcancerconquer.com. Dr. V, thank you for taking the time this morning to be with us. Really appreciate it. 
Thanks so much for sharing my message of hope. I really, really appreciate it. You're welcome. All right, everybody, that wraps up today's show. This is Dr. Kevin Passero wishing you all the best of health until next time. Take care. Ah, the joy of commuting in Washington. Whether you work on the hill or outside of the Beltway, you know how stressful it is to get around. Stress can take a serious toll on your health, and Village Green Apothecary can help. We offer over 10,000 healthy living products, including top-quality nutritional supplements, herbal remedies, and more. Our nutritionists and pharmacists are here to advise you about creating your very own individualized healthy living plan. Visit Village Green Apothecary in Bethesda, 5415 West Cedar Lane, or check out our website at myvillagegreen.com.